Hey, it's Aldwin. And I'm Jason. This is the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. New balls, please. We put our shit together so that we can entertain you. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Come back to life, Dick Edward. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? I, think, I feel like it's another ass comment, but... Jason Jason just called you on your bluff, and you, you came back and you called us an albatross? I don't know what that is. Do you know what this is? It's called entertainment in all caps. Time. Ready? Play. Welcome to the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Aldwin. And the skies have cleared, the clouds have parted, the tennis courts are open. There was a whole ceremony <laughs> amongst all the people playing tennis on Thursday. It involved grabbing their phone and immediately trying to book court time. <laughs> yeah, in the fury of um, the booking of the court time, I, I don't know if you were caught in like a web of who's available to play. You know, I'm sure that we exchanged messages of the sort, like how many opportunities can we book without, like in the week in advance? <laughs> you know, because were it up to us, we've like booked the whole fucking... <laughs> like all the time slots available every day and every day but we have a pretty th- good thing going on like we have a couple of 7 a.m hour sessions mm-hmm. which i'm really pleased about and you know a variety of players that we're going to be hitting with this week yeah i think we all know that it's going to be tough getting court time the first few weeks that's tends to be how it happens with the start of any tennis season but because we should have already been playing for a month and a half and we have not Mm. (laughs) there's going to be clamoring for the the tennis courts it's going to be like this movie i watched yesterday army of the dead we're just all going to be clawing our way to try and get onto the tennis courts i can't that's the new release on netflix right yes why would you ever choose that movie to watch? Because it of, looks so cheese. <laughs> it's a, it's a bit cheese. It's sort of like popcorny. It was fun. Uh, I had to watch it because it starred a wrestler. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's the reason. But so going back to the tennis, going back to the tennis, we're all very excited to be there. I wanted to ask you, what did you notice about your game as you started to get back into hitting and what were you like just concerned about or realize that you want to work on again? Well, I got back on the court. What are we now? Monday. So I got back on the court on Friday. No, that would have been illegal. No, no. Saturday, (laughs) Saturday. That's right. Saturday with Ryan and you know, those of you that have followed our podcast from the very beginning, I have such a mental um, <laughs> freak out whenever it comes to my forehand. <laughs> so I spent a lot of time last year trying to relearn the mechanics of a one-handed forehand toward the end of the season. It got really great. And then just, you know, hours upon hours of just shadow swinging in my condo, like, please don't lose your forehand. Please don't lose your forehand. <laughs> so that was... Honestly, if if someone rallied with me and literally just hit to my forehand for the entire hour, I wouldn't care 
because I can I honestly can hit a backhand. It's not even like a thing for me, and it, that was like such an omniscient omniscient thought in my mind was like oh my god my backhand is so coming come back so easily but my forehand was what i was thinking about how about you i have come to realize that i feel like now that i have a one-handed backhand my backhand just i have better technique on my backhand yeah so the fo- i noticed that too yeah so the forehand i feel like i need to work more intentionally on even though when it's on i strike it better like I there'll never be the same power on my backhand side as my forehand but I feel like my technique on the backhand is is pretty solid these days even after not playing for six weeks or whatever it was yeah it's I you know it's just one of those I think for you it was one of those mental blocks you know you probably said to yourself oh, how, how am I ever going to learn this one-handed backhand but you just kind of kept on hitting it and then one day it just clicks yeah you know, and you're just like producing it over and over again. Now, question for you: How does your body feel right now? It feels okay at the moment. I remember when we played in April, we hit for like two hours, and yeah. after that, I was in quite a lot of pain. I know <laughs> Wade and I tried to run. I think the next day, and <laughs> thus calves were in pain. <laughs> I need a cryogenic chamber. <laughs> I well, do. you've been I, hitting three days in a row. I know, but you know, I still don't... Listen, 38 years old is by no means old, but it's older than 25. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, when you reminisce back to those days when you're 25, you just hog the court, play for hours on end, you know, go back home, have a bite of a ham and cheese sandwich, you're back on the courts in 45 minutes, you know, your body regenerates like it's freaking, I don't know... I can't think of an analogy right now. Literally, I played for one hour on Saturday, two hours yesterday, an hour this morning, and I need a cryogenic chamber. <laughs> maybe you can jump in Simona's pool. May I know. Maybe she can send me an invite and fly me over to Bucharest or wherever she lives and <laughs> give me some, you know, a coupon for her, for her spa. <laughs> well, she, maybe she needs a little uh, girlfriend to hang out with. Yeah, I'd love to. You know what? That sounds like a beautiful way to spend an afternoon. Just, you know, having a little bubbly in a cryogenic pool or wherever in a spa with Simona. Speaking of a girlfriend to hang out with and play tennis, didn't one of our fans reach out to you about playing? (laughs) Okay, so, you know, um, I guess we're at this level now where, (laughs) I guess, I mean... There, there was this lovely woman, Olivia is her name. She reached out to us. She's part of the Vancouver Tennis Network. Um, <laughs> apologies to those members that are also members of the Facebook group because I literally smother your entire feed <laughs> <laughs> with Ready Play Tennis podcast promotions. You know, people probably can't even figure out, like, when is opening day? You know, <laughs> how do I get to the court? They just see ready play 24-7. Anyway, she messages me out of the blue yesterday. <laughs> Sorry, it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> she messages me out of the blue yesterday and she's like, <clears throat> hey, do you- hey, Lawrence. Lawrence is my name on Facebook. She's like, hey, do you want to play? And then I looked at her, I looked at her kind of her profile and I could see that she lived in Vancouver I'm like where do you live and she's like oh I live in Vancouver and I'm like how did you reach me she's like well you know I listened to your podcast (laughs) I'm like okay great 
do you listen carefully? Because, <laughs> <laughs> because I don't live in Vancouver, sweetie. She's like, do you want me to fly there? <laughs> so I'm not sure where that came from, but it was like a sweet kind of, you know, invitation to play. And maybe I just indicative of our listeners that they don't really listen carefully to what we have to say. <laughs> That's very, very funny. It's funny that you're flooding their, you know, their community posts for tennis in Vancouver and they're trying to filter through to find courts and we're talking about Benoit Pair and how he's not making the Olympics and stuff like that. Exactly. We, listen, we haven't been kicked off yet by any administrators, so sorry about it but you know we're just trying to get out there is all so as you know from being listeners of our podcast for over a year now we like to talk about our tennis our trials and tribulations so it is now restarting it is restarting i just wanted to ask you very quickly you did make mention to me in passing a couple of days ago that you have a very specific goal this tennis season do you remember what you said to me Come to the net. Yeah. Like, l- not even just come to the net. You said you're going to love the net. Yeah. That's my goal. And, you know, I tried to a little bit today, but I think today was more about just, like, getting the feel on the court, moving the feet, um, getting the ground strokes back. And then, you know, over the next few days, because we're playing almost early, <laughs> um yeah getting trying to get to the net and maybe doing if maybe we could do a few fun drills before we actually play like a set or something where we yeah like say you know the we we try and beat each other to the net and make sure that it's a, a decent enough approach shot that we we're supposed to be at the net not just like get to the net on a shitty shot yeah jordan our coach remember he made us play the five five game but if you won a point at the net you would win two points yeah so maybe we should do that. That's yeah. actually a good little drill. I like that. Maybe we could do that on Thursday mm. or tomorrow if we feel if we're feeling up to it. <laughs> so um, before we move on to all the two fifty results this week, I wanted to give a plug for our favorite UTS because it's back. Just you're 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 speaking for you and I. <laughs> when you say our favorite. Everybody loves UTS, <laughs> um, and it's happening today and tomorrow. So, um, what's funny is that this is the last <clears throat> bit of clay court play that Daniil's going to get before the French Open. Yeah, I mean, you think that this is the best preparation for someone <laughs> like Daniil to go into a Grand Slam where you have like you know an Uno card to pull out and say. Uh, no for no second serve or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Excuse like, me. It's not Uno. He's the chess master. Ah, <laughs> I, I, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. He hates to lose, but the likelihood is high that he will. <laughs> uh, but I just wanted to share um, a few of the monikers because we love um, us a moniker, a Monica Sellis and a moniker from UTS. <laughs> So Daniil is the chess master. We have Fabio Fonini, whose name is Fona. Did you know that? I I swore he had a different name last year. I think he did too, um, but it's now Fona. And maybe he's just trying to follow Gregor Dimitrov, who just went with... What? Gregor. <laughs> That's his moniker? Yeah. Yeah. Weak. We Gregor is your moniker. That's all you could think of, bro. 
you just turned 30. Happy birthday. But week. <laughs> uh, so quarantine is the tornado. Yeah, I think he was the tornado last he, year. He okay. was, yeah. So and then we have on top of Daniil, who's the chess master, except on clay. We have four new players. Ooh, this is exciting. Yeah. So we have Taylor Fritz. Taylor Fritz. Okay. Who is the hot shot? The hot shot. I I was gonna I was gonna guess that it would have something to do with like um Red Bull or like frat boys. Yeah. So it gives me that vibe, something like that. I got that. I got you. Uh <laughs> Sasha Bublik. Who's that? Oh, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is it's uh it's a little it's a little weak, but his the is bu- Oh, go. The bulge? <laughs> it's uh close. It's the bublic enemy. <laughs> As in the public enemy? Yeah, I think so. Does he know that that doesn't rhyme? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a bit of a stretch. It would have been better if he used like bublic hair or something. <laughs> like pubic, like what? <laughs> pubic, like pubic hair. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, in the same family as like the bulge. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> or like some, he should have done something cute and witty, having to do with his pension for like being a, a tricky, nasty kind of player. Yeah. Underarm serve, bublik, something like that. Yeah, something a bit more. Yeah, I, I I think it just plays on the fact that people get annoyed by that underhand serve that he's the he's the enemy, but <laughs> yeah, enemy. a bit weak. So and then the last two is Christian Garin. Ah, okay. AKA El Tank. El Tank. Oh, T A N Q U E. Yeah. Ah, gotcha. Spanish. Spanish for the tank. The tank. Okay. All right. I can see that. And then uh, on the flip side of that, we have Diego Schwartzman. Oh, I know. Uh, the rodent. <laughs> I mean, close. Is it? Yeah. I'm not sure why he would allow have allowed t- himself to have this UTS name, but it's okay. El Peck. El Peck? P- P-E-Q-U-E? Yeah. Ah, as in pequeño. I think so. The little one. <laughs> the little one, El Pequeño. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pequeño means small. Yeah. I mean, let's hope he's not small everywhere. <laughs> you know her. <laughs> um, so the tank and the little one. That's a, just a bit odd. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, the thing about Schwartzman is that I, you know, I we watch him on. It's so funny as we're recording. I, we just got a notification that there's a a Supreme Court update. <laughs> so we, ha- we have to read that after our recording. Um, Schwartzman seems so just chill and like he embraces his um, like midget stature. <laughs> little person. Little, sorry. Oh yeah, that's right. That is not politically correct. Anyway, little person stature. <laughs> How tall is he? He's probably I as f- tall as I am. I believe he's five, six. No. I think so. Yeah, he's he's a little guy. Wow. So he's the little one in UTS. He's Okay. Well they have they're gonna do a couple round robins and get themselves prepped for Roland Garros. Yeah, it's only two days, so um they'll have a few days off before Das Roland Garros. So good luck to the UTS competitors. We will not be watching. <laughs> 
You didn't you didn't renew our subscription? I did not. No, I thought it was actually going to be on TSN, but I don't think they renewed their subscription either. Yikes. I mean, Maradaglu had I think for the time, especially when tournaments were not being played, Maradaglu had something going on there, but you know, as we mentioned in previous podcasts, things seem to be returning to normal, so there's no need for this like hoppity like chess master tank pequeño bullshit no offense (laughs) yeah the one thing they did change the rule so they they only have one serve okay i mean that's that's really um going to help them for the actual mind frame of the role of rolling (laughs) arrows i agree i agree completely so um on the road to roland garros we have parma and Belgrade? Belgrade. Belgrade. Yeah. On the road to Roland Garros would have come in second for a title of this week's podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> the title has once again already been decided, and you'll get to hear about it shortly. Yes. Okay, all I can say about the 250 tournaments that happen on the WTA side, Belgrade, no, friend, no offense, thank you, Serbia, right? Because Belgrade's in Serbia, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you, Serbia. And all of you Novak Djokovic fans for coming out and hosting so many. Truly, they hosted. They've hosted so many tournaments and allowed for you know normalcy to return to both tours. Truth be told, did I watch a lot of this tournament? F no. <laughs> <laughs> um, all I can say is that Paula Bedosa, Spaniard, uh, came away with the title, defeated Anna Konya. We talked about her. Remember, she had a good kind of string of wins in Charleston. Mm-hmm. She had to retire, unfortunately, in the final because of a um, uh, recurring elbow injury. But, you know, the Spaniard girl, Paula Bedosa, she's no one to, like, look over at Roland Garros. She's won 13 of her last 15 matches, enters the top 40 for the first time, Spaniard on clay, you know, she uh, she could do all sans sang. <laughs> she can do a little damage at the FO coming up. Yeah, I mean, she like thirteen out of fifteen matches of of the last of her last matches that she won. She wins this title. I think she makes the semis of um, Madrid and then makes the semis of Charleston. I mean, uh, sorry, the finals of Charleston. She lost lost to Kudermatova. So you know, she's she's really worked herself up on that clay. Live ranking says career high 34. Wow. Okay, you go, girl. So she's definitely going to be seated. No, no, she's not. Dep- yeah, I don't think, mm-hmm. depending on the movement, I again, I don't understand the ranking yet um, <laughs> in this sort of post-pandemic time and sort of how they've caught up. But yeah, it's nice to see new some new Spaniards giving um, Mugu a run for her money. Yeah, she's, you know, Mugu's kind of fallen off a bit, you know, especially after being so hot, you know, in the first part of the season. Her clay court, clay court results clearly have not um, shone as they did on hard court. So, you know, Bedosa could be the best, you know, the best chance for a female to go deep in a draw. Sorry, Mugu, just being honest. <laughs> <laughs> Be honest, it's your show. <laughs> um, and in Parma, we we were uh, talking about golf last week, and here we are talking about her again because she won her second title, not to um, 
make an incorrect statement that it was her first because we both did that. <laughs> yeah, we well, I assumed that it was going to be her first. I mean, she's like 11 years old. She's 17. 17. But I mean, like, obviously an exaggeration. I'm like, there's <laughs> no way that this 17-year-old ha- has already contested and won a WTA final. But lo and behold, she won Linz as a 15-year-old two years ago. And she defeats um, Wang Chiang. I've been pronouncing her name incorrectly this whole time. But one and three in the final. Um, and it's so funny. I don't know if you've seen these stats, Jay, but Goff gets compared to... Do you remember back in the day, like early 2000s, um, Czech player Nicole Vaidisova? No. So Vaidisova was this, you know, eight foot nine million uh <laughs> extremely talented player um you know also won a tournament at 15 also was the youngest player to be seated since freaking who knows monica salas or i don't know at wimbledon in 2006 but goff is breaking or matching her records and she's doing it in 2021 which is way more impressive than what it was in 2006 so i mean just like but um bedosa goff has some really good prep for the terre battue yeah i was watching the final and she was just dictating play and dominating them points and hitting them balls deep and Mm -hmm. and um wang wang (laughs) wang 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 played well she just was outplayed she just was outplayed i know and the funny thing is is that wang was kind of it's so funny the, when you match up with certain players you could spend an entire draw being the aggressor and trying to be the one to dictate play but you just go up against someone that has bigger shots better movement and you're being the one dicked around yeah you know? and she you know she Coco had had some tough um, fights earlier in the tournament so I think it prepared her well for for that final and if she is able to continue to pull it together she could do well at at the foe at the foe i know i i mean if i was a betting man or lady excuse me as i burp (laughs) um i put some money down on cuckoo for coco golf to go how far i mean it depends on her draw we're gonna have to see what draw she gets now that she's seated she is it re, honestly who knows she's gonna be one of the lower seeds i would imagine like 31 32 or something like that so i mean she's probably gonna face a seed in the third round if all goes according to plan it really just depends on who she gets but i mean i would say at the very least she's getting a fourth round showing yeah i think tbh i think you're correct and let's not forget that after her singles final she played the doubles final and she won that too that's right that you're a hundred percent right so she's not only just like cashing that check for that for the singles title she's getting that money for the doubles title and thank you money money and thank goodness they didn't give her a wheel of parmesan cheese <laughs> i mean i'd take that trophy that would be <laughs> that would be delicious it would be i have a question for you shoot what did you think of serena williams you know, I in this in this tourney, I didn't watch her loss. I I didn't actually watch. I I didn't watch her play. To be honest, uh, I was happy that she chose to play there. Um, mm. I, unlike uh, Osaka, who's 
putting out multiple, multiple, you know, paid advertising deals <laughs> on her Instagram. It was nice that I think Serena appreciates uh, and understands the need to get match play on court. Um, mm-hmm. It probably would have been better if she had played earlier than Rome as well. But I think you can't count out Serena regardless of how she looks or how she's playing at mm. the moment. I mean, she's still in the top eight, which means she can work her way into uh, a two week event and mm-hmm. still, you know, she would beat Osaka on clay. Right. So, um, she still has a chance. Yeah. She ended up losing to Sinyakova who went deep in the draw in Parma. Sinyakova made the semis. Um, I mean, my analysis of her play in that second round match, she still has all the goods. Just like you said, she's got that crazy booming serve, you know, nine times out of 10, she's the one dictating points. What she's missing is like the last two to three finishing shots. She's still spraying the balls wide. She's not as precise as she used to be with her winners, but you know, I mean that, but that's kind of true about anyone that plays tennis you know you could be in control of the point if you don't hit that last shot in the right spot either a winner or like a forced error then you know that's you know you that's just you're gonna lose and that's kind of where she is right now she just and to your point i'm glad that she did enter parma to get a little bit more match play what do you think about her movement obviously one of the things that we were praising her about in Australia was her fitness and her ability to move on the hard court and she was sort of getting to every ball and it was sort of like people feeling there was a re um re-emergence of of fitness and maybe it's different on clay in terms of getting to the ball and moving and sliding but what what did you think about that part of her game honestly I found that she moved really well she, after all of these years, probably three decades now, no, that's a lie, two decades, she's played a clay court season. She knows how to slide on clay. Um, her movement laterally, forward and back, looked really great. Um, it's just timing. Clay is a different, completely different beast. And especially post-COVID, not really playing a clay court tournament, Um, in years it really takes some time to get back on there and so I think it does benefit the European players who are competitive and have been practicing on clay even during um, lockdown uh, because they don't need to sharpen their skills as much as let's say a Serena does Mm -hmm. so yeah I thought she looked great I really did so I'm not counting her out for the French Open but I'm also not counting her in (laughs) If that makes any sense. Speaking of a player who you probably aren't counting in or out would be Bianca, who returned to the clay for the first time in like almost two years today. I know. I mean, it was, I guess I hadn't been paying attention to the headlines, but you um, let me know that she's playing Strasbourg this week, which I was very happy about because, you know, we dragged her for not playing any tournament. So here she is kind of putting... I wouldn't say putting her foot in her mouth, but just recognizing that, you know, she's got to get some match play in before the French Open, which starts this Sunday. Yeah. So what what Aldwin's referring to in terms of dragging her was she withdrew (laughs) from the pre 
Australian Open tournament and then lost in the second round of the Australian Open. Um, and the reason she withdrew <laughs> from that tournament was she didn't feel like she was match ready, which <laughs> is kind of dumb because you can't be match ready unless you play in the matches. Oh, you're playing the matches. <laughs> you gotta play in the matches. You're listening to Naomi Osaka, you gotta play in the matches. I mean, I saw I saw Bianca post on her IG a picture of her hitting a forehand on clay, and I'm like, Ugh, cue eye roll, like, because <laughs> she's she literally has done that for every single tournament that she's, um initially participated in so i'm like okay where's the press release that she she's gonna <laughs> withdraw out of, out of today in strasbourg but she's playing and she won her match she did didn't she she won her match. she won her match two and one or one and two and she's the number one seed so we'll see mm. how she does uh this week as she prepares to head to roland garros also okay Qu- really quickly venus williams i, I know that we some people are listening to our podcast and are like, why are we even, <laughs> why are we even talking about her? A, she's a legend. B, she provides endless hours of ten, ten ter, tennis, tertain, what, what did you call it? Tentertainment. Tentertainment. Okay. <laughs> so um, Venus Williams always seems to draw Schmidlova on a clay court, in a clay court tournament. She lost to Schmidlova at the French Open a couple years ago. She won the first set, which was a freaking shock to me because, <laughs> I mean, I'm just used to Venus being like, I'm tired, I can't play anymore. <laughs> um, she ended up losing in three. Did you see her exchange? <laughs> this was the rage of the GLTA Players Lounge this week. Did you not see her exchange with the umpire that just became a meme? <laughs> I, it was something about uh, she's not God and she can't control the weather. <laughs> Yeah, she just gives you the most sass. And I actually don't know what point it was that, you know, called for this comment. But the exchange with the umpire was, you know, something about a gust of wind. I'm assuming that she stopped play because there was a gust of wind. I'm assuming that the umpire called a time violation because that would seem like the natural thing to do. She goes up to the chair and she's like, what do you want me to do? And he's like, well, you know... You, you took more time than you should have. She's like, well, if the wind blows, I can't control God. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, and then she points to the skies and she's like, talk to him. And then she turns around and she just gives the most sass as one should. The saunter was and the best. The saunter was the best. So props to Venus Williams for just making our highlight reel for all of her sass. And the page six of the New York post i can't believe i just said that (laughs) but you know the entertainment column she is making headlines because she is rumored to be dating a fellow tennis player now you get three guesses and knowing venus who do you think that she would match up with nicely that you know is single on the atp tour Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't follow the relationship statuses of of <laughs> most of the players. However, it would have to be someone who's fresh and fun and a little bit self-deprecating, has a good I, personality. Jason, that is the perfect description of this person. So, fresh, fun, self-deprecating, 
fun personality, cultured. I think that's a major clue because you've mentioned this about him before. Ah, well, we did have, I think in the last episode, we talked about how these two went to an art gallery together when they were in Rome. Did we talk about it? Yeah. Okay, so can you share with everyone? I guess it would be Riley. She is rumored to be dating Riley Opelka. Seven foot and six foot three. They, I mean, they're... I don't know how tall (laughs) Venus is, but... (laughs) She is tall. They must have, like, an extendable bed. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) If they've taken the relationship to that place. Right, and if they don't, that's also very... Okay. I'm sure (laughs) they have. (laughs) (laughs) Who are we kidding? (laughs) But, I mean, like, Riley's a cool dude. Sponsored by Red Bull, as you mentioned. Sponsored by an art gallery. Like, this guy is, you know... This guy seems... I would like to have... I would like to interview this guy. He seems like he would be a good interview. Yeah, they would be fun. Let's get them both on. Yeah. I mean, Venus, you're losing in the first round, so just <laughs> come on our show. She's up next. Putin Seva's match is at six all in the third, and then she's up next against Kristea in oh, Strasbourg. That's a, yeah, that's a tough one. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how she does. So mm. that is the ladies. And the other piece uh, I, I saw on Facebook was that Barty is, was warming up uh, on the – the clay at the French Open, so that's a good sign that she's there. Yeah, she's looking to... No, is she defending her title? No, 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 no. She Well, she's looking to win it again. She's looking to win it again. She chose not to defend it last year, and I guess she's defending her last win. <laughs> <laughs> so the men were in Lyon and Geneva. Mm. Where shall we start? Which Where would you like to start, sir? I always like to start with a Federer loss. <laughs> really? I'm just kidding. I mean, it's nice that he's back. <laughs> Obviously, he had to play his home country. I'm sure he got paid a few hundred thousand dollars to be there and then lose mm. in the first round. Second round. Mm. Second round. I know. And, um, you know, all of our IG followers that slid into our DMs were just shock we're in shock and awe that one of like the goat had a 4-2 lead in the third set and just let it slip away how was that possible but i mean federer the venus they're all showing like more than a couple chinks in their armor yeah i think one of the threads is obviously i mean venus is a is a bit of a different beast than serena um people still know that those two Roger and and Serena have a chance people Mm -hmm. just don't fear them the way that they used to right you're right so they always think I think on any given day that they can beat them Mm -hmm. and uh, that wasn't the case before perhaps with Roger but now that he's come back after a year off um, and he's he's still I think sort of figuring things out and you know, even in his warm up, he, he seemed to be fumbling balls and like miss hitting balls. So he's still sort of getting into it. Um, mm-hmm. Clearly, he he he's not putting too much pressure on himself at the moment mm. to win um, any matches, just wants to sort of feel things out, feel out where his knee is at. Um, and obviously, all of this, I think, is really just preparation for the grass and for the grass. I know I. I was going to ask you, I'm like, do you think he's just, like, phoning it in? I mean, like, 
clay court roger maybe in his younger years he would have made more of um an effort but it's just not it's not for him it's not for you sweetie yeah he just wants to get some some matches in and 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 test the movement on on clay i think before he gets onto the grass mm-hmm. um our boy dennis continues to make us look like ridiculous little podcasters yeah i mean he won a few matches uh. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Okay. Do I detect a little bit of shade for our, our for our Canadian boy? No, I was happy for him. He won. Um, yeah, he won a few matches. I think he he had a th- <laughs> a three setter in the in the second round against Cecchinato. Oh, Cecchinato. Uh huh. But then uh, won his next two rounds in straight sets before losing to Casper Rude. You know, when we were in the car on the way to East York this morning to play our first hour of tennis of the season, you had mentioned that uh, Chapeau didn't play well in that final. Final, and I, you know, I watched as much as I could before our recording, and I, I didn't think that he played that poorly. Did I say that? T- I don't t- remember t- saying that. Maybe I made that up in my head. I think did I? I think it was one of those things that you made up in your head. Yeah, he, <laughs> the match was the match was good. It was all decided really on Chapo's serve, and his serve fell off in the second set, and he mm-hmm. hit a couple double faults, and Casper was able to capitalize. But it was definitely a server's match. I mean, it, the first mm-hmm. set went to a tie break. Uh, I don't believe there were any break points that first set, and then. Yeah, it was one break that decided the the second set, and it went in Casper's favor. Yeah, uh, you know the commentators were saying about Casper Rude that you know he's the. Uh, have we made this comparison before? Um, um, what's his name? Ferrero Rocher, Ferrer, David Ferrer, David Ferrer, yes, da- David the David Ferrer of twenty twenty one of this gen, you know, and uh, I mean watching Casper. Casper has weapons, though, doesn't he? I mean, he's just not like a backboard. He has weapons. He has variety. He hits his spots. He has a better serve than Ferrer did. Yeah, he's just um, he has the that variety that you have to watch out for. So maybe it was a good a wise move for him to take a week off uh, and not play Rome and then win here in Geneva. Yeah, and he can just take this week. I mean, maybe he'll get a last-minute invitation to UTI. Sorry, <laughs> UTS. UTS. Yeah. No, UTS is happening now. He's off the list. How rude. How rude. Speaking of how rude, <laughs> the the news that shocked, I think, the world as he was playing, or sorry, as he was accepting his trophy <laughs> was that he thanked his girlfriend did they pan to her in the audience? Was she there? They panned first to his dad, who his, is his coach, uh, okay. former tennis player. They panned to his mom, who was also there. And then mm-hmm. they panned to his girlfriend, who he thanked. I believe her name is Maria. Oh. And by uh, that caused an uproar in the tennis world... By tennis world, do you mean the GLTA players now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they knew that or not, or maybe they were just tr- hoping that it wasn't true. Or I don't know that there's been any discussion on it since it came to light uh, in the final on Saturday. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess the one of the advantages of having a podcast is you kind of gauge and how you're you get people sliding into your dms and making the odd comment about oh my god i find him so hot <laughs> you know and i don't know, haven't you noticed that there's been a couple of people this season I, mean, I guess obviously because of his amazing results but without people are just like oh i'd let him be really rude to me <laughs> okay i mean he's cute he's a cutie he's not in my lane but i mean i wouldn't say no <laughs> <laughs> you'd let him have it I let him have it. She's a cutie. I mean, he didn't rock my world in terms of like I'm destroyed now that he has a girlfriend. Right. Um, but good for Maria. Yes, I believe that's her name. I'm sorry if I get it wrong, but if we don't really care if we get it wrong anyway, because everyone, <laughs> everyone in the GLTA is sad because he's got a girlfriend now. Well, I mean, as you and I both know, just because you have a girlfriend doesn't... Uh, <laughs> you know her. <laughs> <laughs> but, but congratulations, that's his second title. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I I did want to ask you a question, because I was watching the tiebreak, and okay. Chapo was <laughs> screwing the pooch, and it was 6-2, six 6-2, the, six six the six <laughs> rude. Okay. What's your mindset when you are down in a tiebreak of that score? It's, <laughs> it's, it's, I just wonder, you know, I was wondering, is he thinking, okay, I, I just need to break back two of his points because two of these are my serves mm-hmm. or, you know, like us where maybe our serve, <laughs> serve is less of a weapon. We're like, oh my God, I just got to win all of these points. <laughs> Uh, what's my mind frame when I'm down two six in a tiebreaker? It probably depends on which one of my multiple personalities is inhabiting my body. <laughs> Am I like calm Aldwin? Because if it's calm Aldwin, I'm more like, okay, get lots of spin on the ball, get lots of spin on your serve, you know, play within the margins. If it's more than likely like mentally unstable um, daddy issues, Aldwin. I'm probably like hit the ball as hard as you fucking can. <laughs> <laughs> Balls to the wall, baby. Balls to the wall. I mean, like lay it out on the table. Uh, I know. I think I know the answer. But like, what's usually your mentality if you're down two six? I keep the ball in the court. Keep it in the court and get the first serve in. Yeah. Keep it in the court and yeah, I feel like your your mental mind frame is if this bitch is gonna win this tiebreaker. I'm not going to make a mistake. He's got to win it. Yeah. And if I was up 6-2 against you, you would just be dinking the ball into the court. (laughs) That is not true. (laughs) That is not true. If I was, uh, no, okay, that is true. (laughs) (laughs) So that's Geneva. And then the other tournament was in Lyon at the Velodrome. At the Velodrome, I have... Okay, so <laughs> I I think that this would be the appropriate time to share this late-breaking news with everyone. Um, as you all know, I dated uh, Stephanos for a period of time at the beginning of this year. You know, I, um, I gave him some insider tips, you know, gave him many back massages and other body massages that we probably won't mention on this podcast. <laughs> Except that you just um, did. Except that I just did. And, you know, I, I've i always tried to be a person that respected people's privacy and, like, not wanted to be in the spotlight. I mean, 
we have a podcast. <laughs> um, but I mean, it was v- just suffice it to say that it was really awkward for me during the semifinal because Cece Pass being my ex boyfriend. I, I mean, I guess I can see it now. Lorenzo and I are now kind of seeing each other. <laughs> Lorenzo Musetti. So, you know, I I wouldn't classify it as cheating. Um, but, you know, I did have my eye on him earlier in the season. Stefanos didn't really like that I talked about him in that way. But, I mean, I, I like, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it was very awkward to be present for that semi-final all the way here in Toronto. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like, I wish them both well. I didn't want to, you know, ex-boyfriend, current person that I'm seeing, I didn't want to pick a favorite because, you know, they both have a special place in my heart. But, you know, I am happy for Stefanos, and I'm glad that he managed to win um, another tournament with a very weak draw. <laughs> What? How are you feeling when uh, your current boyfriend got bageled in the final set? <laughs> I mean, you know what? It happens to the best of us. I kind of, I, I truly think that he really wasn't putting his whole heart into that last set because he wanted to FaceTime me and, you know, just talk about what Netflix show I watched. And I don't know. I just, I, I didn't think that his heart was in it. And he's tired. She's really tired. She's playing Parma this week. So she- <laughs> <laughs> she's over there in Parma. She is over there in Parma. So, I mean, listen, I know I'm sharing this on the podcast, but please do not just infiltrate our IG. It, we're just keeping it really, really casual right now. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Good to announce it, though. <laughs> Speaking of players who are playing well, it, it, yes. who also made a final and was seeking his first title was Cam. Yes, Cam Nori. I am dying to know what you think about this guy because I, I just think that he's got a game that you would really appreciate. Appreciate. I do appreciate it. I, I specifically appreciate his backhand, that sort of sh- really short <laughs> backswing. That ah, okay. that gets that pop on it, and he can direct it everywhere. It's he's one of those players. There's there's a a, a cadre of players who, when I watch them play, I feel like every ball they hit is they're gonna miss it, but they don't. <laughs> and he is in that category for me of somebody who you know has that cute little topspin lefty forehand, and then that weird short backswing backhand and I just feel like he's going to miss every ball but he doesn't and he gets it in the court and he places it well and he hits the ball deep and he was in for a tough match I think against your ex um, <laughs> losing 3-3 three and three, but he mm-hmm. beat team easily and you know where the heck has Hachinoff been <laughs> beat him 1-1 one and yeah. one. I see. I, wow. Okay. Just demolishing the first few matches, eh? Uh, well, the, the Hachinov was a semifinal. Ah, okay. He demolished him one and one. Cam, uh, you know, again, one of these players, uh, did I say that I had difficulty distinguishing between Ka- Cam Nori and... Um, Dan Evans? Dan Evans. No, now I, now I can see that. Okay. 
I watched a little bit of that final with um, my ex and Cam. Cam, why is he wearing a triple X shirt? T-shirt. <laughs> why? It's, it's over, a little bit oversized. Yeah, I mean, babe, you got you got some. You're a tennis player. You're you know you're putting on those miles on the court. Like you got you can wear a size medium. Yeah, just call up. Um, Zverev and get one of those cutoffs, but a, a definitely a smaller size because he's taller, taller and lankier. Yeah, but I, you know, watching Cameron Nori made me think about um, Layla because he just uh, there is there is a lefty playbook that I don't take advantage of because I'm not a good player. <laughs> um, no, but he, I mean, he was trying to do all of the lefty plays you know left hook serve out wide hit into the open court you know just playing with his spin so i mean i think just like casper cam is gonna be one of those like stealth silent movers through the draw yeah he's he's in the category of players you don't want to play early like Leonard Schroof and mm. you know Sinner although Sinner's in a bit of a slump at the moment I think he's just gotten good players early you know he had mm-hmm. to play Nadal in Rome and um, he took Karatsev to three sets but he lost to a lucky loser uh, so yeah he's he's having a bit of a tough go at the moment but I'm sure he will enjoy the week off and um, unless he's playing one of these other events I don't know if he's playing one of these other events or not can I okay sorry I just am blanking right now I'm trying to pull up the draw for Lyon to see who else was oh my yeah oh yeah that's right I remember we did post that on our IG the Sinner Karatsa first round match yes Gasquet is back Mm-hmm. Nice to see him. Any other peeps that you were like, oh, I'm so glad that, you know, they're on. I mean, look at, what's his face? Daddy. Joe Joe Wilfred Songa. Songa made an appearance in Lyon. Yeah, it's nice to see him. Hopefully he can make a bit more of a return. Obviously, he's way down in the rankings, so it takes a bit of time to bring yourself back up. But Yeah. Well, I mean, all of those players managed to get a little bit more clay court practice before the FO, which actually has started. The qualify, the qualies have started today, I think. The qualies have started today. I think it's a bit of a rain, um, raining at the moment. But uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of big names in the qualifying. We can't really talk about all of them, but... Yeah, I know. We have to save that for a special episode that's coming up. Special episode. But there's also Mm. um, two more tournaments. So the men and the women have swapped um, like any, you know, (laughs) fluid couples. Um, (laughs) The men are now in Belgrade and Parma with Novak as the top seed in Belgrade 2. Okay. Because this is the second tournament there. Is he going to complain? Do they fix the clay situation? Hopefully they fix the clay since the women were there. (laughs) There's a whole like slew of Serbian players in the draw. Um, What's his face? Uh, Likes the white, uh, tidy whiteies. Um, uh, Krajanovic. Krajanovic, I believe, is there. Yeah. Um, Lajevic. And then a whole bunch of younger players. So as with these tournaments. And then the Parma event, uh, Sonigo is seated one. And guess who's seated number two? You will never believe it. What? I'm so nervous. I don't know how to answer this question. Benoit Pair. 
Benoit Pair is seated number two in what fucking universe? <laughs> in the universe <laughs> where he's still ranked uh, in the top 40 and there's no real top players there. And is the number three seed someone from, like, I don't know, like, French Polynesia? <laughs> like, is there no one playing that tournament that he's seated number two? I forget which... Um, Basilashvili is seated three in one of these he, events. Uh, okay, it's definitely... <laughs> It cannot be the tournament where Benoit Pair is playing is number two because that guy won Cotter, <laughs> and he made he won another tournament. Like, there's no way. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. He's got to be. He's got. He's probably in Belgrade. That guy. Maybe. That Maybe. guy. <laughs> that guy. So there's all there's three tournaments: two on the men's side, one on the ladies' side, and then the UTS pre FO. Pre-FO. I mean, here we go again. FO back kind of to its normally scheduled programming. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's exciting. It'll be really interesting when we do our French Open preview. We're waiting for the draws like any, you know, good podcasters would do to see what the juicy matchups matchups could be and are first round, first week. I always love the fourth round. The fourth round is my favorite round. Fourth round and quarters. Yeah, that's TBH. when you have... It's hard to pay attention to all the tennis in the early rounds, to be honest. You sort of just look to see how the top players are doing and try and catch um, their matches on the court. And then you might check out highlights of some upsets. But yeah, the round of 16 is sort of where it gets juicy. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited for that. It's going to be full eyes glued Listen, everyone, we're going to just blast all of the French Open news. Get ready for my Canva posts. <laughs> <laughs> I am I just can't wait for I'm going to be watching every Kerber and Pliskova match. Why? Joking. <laughs> <laughs> jokes. They're jokes. Although Plish, Plishkova saw your story. We, we haven't talked about the social and how many people have seen your stuff. The Medvedev, Badosa. Yeah. Medvedev, Badosa, Cam. You know, every single time we do this, like, player matchup that I that we post on, on, the, on the G, on the IG, y'all are just sitting back there just hashtagging your names just to see who's <laughs> posting about you. The least you could do is just send us a reply. We don't bite. Come on now. <laughs> Didn't Serena see one of yours too recently or no? Uh, well, did she see it recently? I Novak. No, I don't think so. Novak? No, no, Djokovic. It yeah, was Djokovic. Djokovic saw it. Yeah. And that was for sure during the rain delay. Yeah. 100% during the rain he delay. Was, he was hot during that one rain delay. It was not having yeah. it. He was waiting for his water to be st- distilled for the 35th <laughs> time. Purified, purified. So I wanted to play one last game before we head out to enjoy Venus's loss. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, I was listening Yikes. to another show and they were talking about this pattern now of American players and where they're at on both the women's and men's side. So I wondered your if you wanted to play a little game and guess who the top players are on the men's and women's side who are American. Ooh, and top players, you mean top what? Well, let's start with 
the women let's say who's who's in the top 50 like if can you order can you order the players uh, oh, based on uh, uh, the American ladies who are in the top okay. who are in the top 50 I don't know if I'll be able to do it in order but I can can you tell me how many there are yeah let's rattle them off so in the top 50 there are t- currently 10 in the live rankings okay okay I'll d- okay so Serena correct Canon correct Sloan incorrect what? <laughs> you, you clearly need to listen to last week's episode. <laughs> um, what? Okay, so li- yikes. Sloan Okay, fine. I'm going to get over it. So definitely not Madison. Uh, what's her name? Madison's I... in the top 50, yeah. W- hold on. Madison's in the top 50, but Sloan is not? Correct. Yikes. Okay, so Madison, what's the girl? Uh, our friend. Our friend. J- our friend in our head. Jennifer Brady. <laughs> yes. Correct. Um, uh, American players. <laughs> Yikes! I'm really drawing Coco Vandaway. <laughs> she is like not in the top hundred. <laughs> um. Uh, uh, Who did we talk Lee, about Lee, today? Lee. Today. Oh, Venus. No. Is in the top fifty. Venus is not in the top fifty. Who did we talk about today? Who, I can't remember. Who won in Parma? Oh, Coco. Shit. The other Coco. Durr. <laughs> yeah, the other Coco. The other Coco. Anne Lee. Is Anne Lee in the top 50? She is not. She is number 74. Yikes. So I only named half. You have named five of the top 10. Would you like me to list the others? You've named the top five, though. Okay. Um. Uh, okay, go ahead. Uh, so, Kennan is one, Williams is two, Brady three, uh-huh. Madison Keys four, Goff five. She's five. moved up to a career high, number 25. Well, oh, no, I know, I know. Madison Brengel. Madison. Madison Brengel. Madison Brengel is number 82. Okay, so I'm wrong. Correct. Who's the girl that looks like Madison Brengel that I always confuse? Oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God. What's her name? Oh, no, no. Shelby Rogers. Shelby Rogers is number 45. Yay, I got one more. AKA the ninth top American player. <laughs> okay, you can tell me the rest. The rest are Allison Risk, Jess- Jessica Pegala, as I'm going to say it, Jonathan. Frick. <laughs> um, Amanda Anisimova. Oh my God, I'm so stupid. And then Shelby Rogers, and then Danielle Collins. I'm pissed. So those are the top 10. And then Sloan Stevens is number 11. You know what? I'm so pissed. This is what it feels like to be answering a question on the Miss Universe stage. <laughs> you know the answers, but you're just, you freeze. <laughs> so Frick. that's, uh, there's 18, or sorry, 16 players in the top 100, and uh, Venus is not one of them. <laughs> wah, wah. On the men's side, how many American men would you say are in the top 30? <sighs> Five? The answer is zero. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's John is that, John Isner's not in the top thirty. He is not. He would be one of the top Americans, ranked number thirty-five, but he is below two other players. One who John has Isner? a boyfriend or girlfriend. <laughs> has a girlfriend. Yeah. I, 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 
Okay. Oh, the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Riley. Riley. Riley is number Opelka. Th- he's the number two American, ranked thirty-four. Okay, hold on for a second. So there's someone that's better than Riley Opelka, an American player. Yeah, the hotshot. Uh, Taylor Fritz. Taylor Fritz is the number one American player. Where has American men's tennis gone? Uh, where have all the cowboys gone? <laughs> <laughs> What's her name? Natalie Imbruglia? No. <laughs> I actually, I don't know where that lyric comes from. <laughs> but yeah, there are no American men in the top 30. Uh, and of the women, there are seven. Jeez. What happened to American men's tennis dominance? It is a very good question. I mean, uh, I was listening to the Patrick McEnroe podcast with Andy Roddick. And Andy was the last guy to win a Grand Slam. Uh and and I think even be in a Grand Slam final. Yeah, Isner's made it to a couple of semis, hasn't he? He made the Wimbledon semi, I think, in twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. Yeah. So I yeah, I mean I that's very hmm that that's that's a very intriguing question to dive into. I, I this is just, you know, speculation, but you know, when you see a lot of these guys that are, you know, the, the Tommy Pauls, the Riley Opelkas, the um, Mc- Mackenzie McDonald, I think is his name, they all seem like they're just chill. Uh, not to say that the work ethic isn't there, mm-hmm. but are, are you a Rafael Nadal? Like, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, Sebastian Corda is someone we've talked about a lot who has an upside and is now like 63 in the world, and he was like 200 a year ago. So. He's somebody to watch. Francis sort of is middling. Sam, Sam Quarry is somewhere in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Where in the world is Sam Quarry? We don't know. Um, but some of these players are on their way out. And, you know, Taylor and Riley and Francis and Sebastian, they're going to hold the mantle, I guess. And then hopefully some new players will be up and coming. But. Yeah, it was just interesting to sort of see how the women are doing. And, you know, the women, I think, have struggled for a while. But now there's several players in the top 30 compared to zero for the men. I mean, let's just hope that Sofia Kennan doesn't go the way of Yelena Ostapenko. One slam wonder. Yeah, it's been a rough uh, 2021 for her. Hard times. And... I don't like that new kit that Fila put her in. It's a hot mess. What is what is that? I'm sure it's... before she got on camera, she was crying like she has many times on court. <laughs> Yikes. Hire me. I'll design the new Fila kit. <laughs> no wonder Fia's not calling us back. <laughs> <laughs> we would love to interview all of your players. Riley being one of them. Ash yeah. Barty. Sophia Cannon. Yes. If Sophia wants to wear that kit during the interview, that's fine, too. Yeah, we love the clothes. They're gorgeous. Gorge. 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 Well, that's it. More tennis talk from us as we continue to play. This is our last week of just, like, chill tennis results. Then we get right into it. Yeah. So are you ready for that? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. And, uh, you know, hopefully, unlike last year, I won't injure myself. Please, please, please don't. <laughs> I know. I can't, you know, I can't have that need for a chair every time I need to go to the bathroom. 
to, yeah. to hold myself up or help myself get up. <laughs> yeah, when you were saying that in the car ride over, I'm like, don't put that into the universe. Yeah. Well, into the universe we go to watch Venus and see y'all next week. Bye. We're here for your tennis-tainment or your tentertainment or whatever it is. But if you like what we're serving up, please give us a five-star review and like, share, and subscribe, and like such as. Wait, one more thing. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Ready Play Tennis Podcast.